Hello and welcome to this episode of the NCRI Women's Committee podcast. Today we're going to speak about a collection of issues concerning the condition of women in Iran. But first, let's start with the case of Roya Zakeri, a computer scientist who was battered by hijab patrols in Tabriz and taken away to a mental hospital for not complying with the mandatory veil. ago, we talked about a young girl, 16-year-old Armita Geravand, who said no to the hijab patrol in the subway. The female patrol pushed her to the ground, and Armita fell down with her head hitting a sharp edge. The altercation led to a cerebral hemorrhage. She went unconscious and has been in a coma since this incident happened on Sunday, October 1st. I've heard about a somewhat similar incident that happened to a young woman in Tabriz. Can you explain the details? Uh, yes, uh, it's good to note that the incident in Tabriz occurred exactly two weeks after what happened to Armita in Tehran. Tabriz is the capital of East Azerbaijan province in the northwestern Iran. Roya Zakari was shopping at a pastry shop in downtown Tabriz on Sunday, October the 15th. But when she stepped out, some hijab patrols and plainclothes agents confronted her and told her to put on her veil. When she refused to do so, they beat her so badly that her legs hurt. So she sat down on the ground and started crying out, down with the dictator and death to Khamenei. I've seen the video clip. It's very moving. This young woman shouting with all her power. And she didn't calm down even when passers-by tried to calm her down. Yes, you're absolutely right. Now the woman who was later identified as Roya Zakari was viciously brutalized by security forces for insulting the Mullah's supreme leader. They hit her so much that she went unconscious, then they carried her away in an ambulance. Where did they take her? Is she in the hands of the intelligence ministry? Well, this was one of the initial speculations, but later people said she had been taken to a mental hospital in Tabriz, Razi Hospital is a neurology and psychiatric hospital. Now, I have to point out that it's a common practice by the Iranian regime that they take political prisoners to mental hospitals where they experience torture and are given drug injections which jeopardize their health. Is there any information on her condition? No, there is no information. Actually, the Iranian regime and its intelligence services are on full alert to prevent the outbreak of any protests. Roya Zakari is held under strict security measures in Razi Hospital and is not allowed visits with her family. The intelligence services have reportedly warned all shop owners and businesses in the neighborhood to refrain from giving any information to anyone or any media outlet. The clerical regime's security and intelligence services are playing out the same scenario they did in Tehran for Armita Gerovant preventing the family from visiting their daughter, intimidating the relatives and eyewitnesses, and warning them against having any interviews, and controlling the situation before it breaks out into a protest. The Iranian state-run media falsely claimed that Ms. Zakari had a mental illness and was experiencing delusions on the street, and so that's why she had been transferred to medical facilities for treatment. Do people believe these lies? She was experiencing delusions because she was chanting against Khamenei? 
Actually, she was in complete mental health and showed maximum bravery when shouting against the Mullah's supreme leader. A recorded video shows her saying that she was on hunger strike for five days while in detention last year. Roya Zakari is 31 years old and has a master's degree in computer sciences. She was arrested during the protests last October in front of Tabriz University. Now, I also want to bring up another issue. I'm sure listeners know about the horrible incidents of violence against women in Iran. I read about the tragic fate of a six- or seven-year-old girl beheaded by her father. Unfortunately, you're right. The girl was Ava Yarqoli. Her parents were divorced. It's important to point out that in Iran, in cases of divorce, children seven years and older are placed in the custody of the father or the paternal grandfather or paternal great-grandfather. What about the mothers? Mothers can have custody of their children only if they are under seven years old. Now, this case is especially heart-wrenching because the mother was financially and morally qualified to take custody of her child. But according to the misogynistic laws of the Iranian regime, the court gave the child's custody to her addicted father. He told the police that he was under the influence of crack when he cut off his daughter's head while she was asleep. So we can say this is a stark example of the anti-woman laws of the regime taking their toll on innocent girl children in Iran. Now I'd like to move on to some other issues regarding the situation of girl children in Iran. Because in the days that passed, we had the International Day for the Girl Child. What do you have for us on the general situation of girl children in Iran? Well, there's a lot to say about the deprivations of Iranian girl children. But I have to keep it really brief for this episode. I just touch on some of the gravest issues. Iranian girls can face criminal punishment at the age of nine. The legal age for girls to marry is 13, and there are numerous exceptions that force them into early marriage even below this age. Child marriages are rampant in the country, mainly due to poverty. Just a few days ago, I heard the Iranian Statistics Center announce that 26,000 girls under 15 years of age had married in a span of one year. That's absolutely right, but remember, these statistics are the official narrative. The Iranian regime is not transparent in announcing statistics, and its goal is essentially to cover up the depth and dimensions of the disasters in the country. I remember a few years ago, one of the judiciary advisors said, on average, between 500,000 and 600,000 underage girls get married in Iran per year, and that this figure does not account for the many unregistered marriages. Isn't child marriage a violation of human rights? It sure is. It's a violation of human rights. It's violence against women. Unfortunately, the Iranian regime promotes and justifies child marriage under the pretext of population growth. What are other issues concerning Iranian girls? 
While child marriages lead to a large number of child widows and are accompanied by many other harms, including suicide. Iranian girls also face honor killings by their fathers, brothers, husbands, and male relatives. Hundreds of thousands of young girls also drop out of school every year, again due to poverty and child marriages. Many are forced to work on the streets and in garbage dumps, where they suffer sexual abuse and even get killed. This is the 44-year story of the regime's rule, which worse than the Shah's dictatorship, stifles the potential of Iranian girls and youth. But there's a bright side to all this darkness. Today, Iranian girls are the real change makers and can be best described as brave and resilient. Under the Mullah's brutal regime, Iranian girls suffer severe consequences for seeking their rights. But the enlightened girls of Iran, aware of their rights and inspired by four decades of struggle by Iranian women and girls, are willing to pay the price of achieving their rights and freedoms. The cases of Mahsa Amini, Armita Geravand, Roya Zakeri, and many others bespeak this generation's courage to stand for their rights. Let us remember all the brave women and girls who sacrificed their lives for freedom during the 2022-2023 nationwide uprising. They and millions of other young women and girls are the force for change and the real change makers in Iran. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Don't forget to visit our website, women.ncr-iran.org. Wishing you happy days and hope to see you again for the next episode.